0: Section twelve of the Centurions. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Centurions by Biagi. Chapter eleven. Part one. We were awakened at daybreak. All seemed excitement and bustle, and with little ceremony we were served in our room with a dainty breakfast of delicately browned fish, fruit, and tea brewed from freshly-gathered leaves. Then they conducted us to the garden, where Tolna and the governor waited. Both gentlemen greeted us with many polite inquiries concerning our rest, then impressively informed us that during the night the Centauri had arrived, impatient to meet the four illustrious explorers the brave men who dared the horrors of the north for the benefit of science you will be his guests tolna informed us and in his superb ship return with him to centaur we bowed deeply while the young gentleman beckoned to a man who was leading a sextet of prancing horses three abreast harnessed to a queer vehicle a cross between a chariot and hotel bus the governor entered we followed with tolna who hurried forward and caught the reins the horses arched and high-stepped a bit to show their mettle then dashed into a gallop and clattered noisily through the quiet streets sombre with the silence of dawn windows were raised tousled heads sleepy faces leaned far out to see and cheer us but the road was clear no swaying pushing mob our departure was altogether unexpected. We reached the sheds as full day flooded the city. A ship, small, elegant, glistened in the sunlight like silver. Several gentlemen loitered at the foot of the steps, evidently waiting for us. We were presented, then hurried aboard. The governor, in parting, assured us repeatedly that we would meet again. Tolna handed me a small parcel his eyes pleading acceptance sax could boast no longer i was the happy possessor of a bracelet also composed of jade with three huge opals sunk in the stone with a hand clasp i signified my appreciation and tolna locked it upon the upper portion of my arm we were differentially escorted to the upper deck which was carpeted with soft rich material deadening footsteps advancing to meet us with outstretched arms and a wonderfully kind smile was a tall powerful magnificent old man saxe gave an exclamation which ended in a sigh we all bowed in reverence he welcomed us his voice had the melodious sweetness of the flute he invited us to his cabin and i stared in awe at the centauri of all centauri a long patriarchal beard flowed over his breast thick snowy curls reached to his shoulders he was much darker than the average Centaurian, with deep piercing magnetic black eyes gleaming beneath heavy black brows he studied us each in turn and strange the silence did not embarrass while the deep eyes were riveted upon me unconcernedly i examined the barbaric splendour of the room The odd-shaped furniture glistened like crystal. There were chairs with fluted, shell-shaped backs, cushioned in delicate pink. Others molded in forms of twisted and twined reptiles, cushioned in chameleon green. The effect rather created chills. There were couches, divans, heaped high with soft, downy headrests, the prevailing color white and over the whole atmosphere pervaded a sweet almost nauseating odour centauri ended the silence addressing saxe who in spite of his wonderful self-control appeared flurried your invention is remarkable considering the era in which you live but superior to your inventive genius was the fabulous idea you treasured that beyond the pivot another world existed Your forceful nature, powerful intellect, energy, labored to attain ambition. Such men always succeed. Sachs bowed. I have thoroughly examined your car, Centauri continued. It belongs to the people and will be placed in the museum at Centaur. The government will present you with an engine perfected with the improvements of centuries, yet you will easily recognize your own machine. A great error was made in the use of steel. Had your instrument been moulded in crystal, explosion would have been impossible, and you would have discovered us earlier and avoided many hardships. Sack saluted low and sweeping, but was mute. Centauri gazed steadily at him several seconds, then, as though satisfied, turned his attention to Sheldon, who became a lively pink the great fresh-water ocean was discovered centuries ago your theory concerning the earth's fresh-water supply is erroneous sheldon who was minus the bump of reverence sharply asked in what way sir centauri smiled pleasantly when we reach centaur he said i will turn you over to the geologists who will conduct you to view this ocean which surges in an unfathomable hollow of the the highest mountain in the world it is of volcanic origin and floods the lakes rivers and so on only in its immediate vicinity nonsense snapped sheldon regardless of everything i've delved too deeply in the anatomy of subterranean flows to blunder through great arteries in the heart of the earth this water rushes flooding countless natural reservoirs, and continually creating new ones. I shall positively prove my statements before returning to my own country. All the latest appliances of science shall be placed at your disposal, said Centauri. Should your assertions prove correct, the discovery will be vastly beneficial to the Centaurians. I wish you success. He turned to Saunders, opening conversation about the star Virgilius it is not a planet nor yet a star he told saunders who was all respectful attention but a moon of immeasurable dimension and elusive distance the after film of a monstrous stricken world gradually dissolving midst the ether of our sphere yet completely beyond the radius of your continent but were it not the shadowy rays must fail absolutely to penetrate the thick atmosphere laden with minute life which you people inhale the centaurians dare not stray over the sharp ice summit the poisonous disease inflicting vapours cause instant death we of this land exist in a purer clearer atmosphere the sun moon and stars have no dense fetid veil to pierce their beneficial rays bestow miraculous strength and rare longevity when crossing the earth's summit you experienced a terrible weakening of vital force an intense absorption almost resulting in disaster yet immediately escaping the dreaded circle all underwent startling rejuvenation a sudden strong pulsation of restored vigor and energy glorious centauri is discovered many animals from your continent have strayed over the unknown regions Queer, stunted, hornless dogs, and wizened birds of marvelous plumage. Instinct forced these creatures to continual advancement, while man, bumptious in semi-civilization and faltering, immature reason, invariably retrace travel the instant the grazer pivot is cited to perish miserably in the stampede to the reflection mountains. In your world, undoubtedly, progress is rapid but never will an instrument be invented sufficiently powerful to pierce the vaporous substance you call atmosphere for one ray of that mysterious shadowy disk so plainly visible in rarefied centauri professor you have braved many perils simply to obtain knowledge strictly beneficial to yourself astronomers will accept your statements concerning the positive existence of the phenomenon they had vaguely located but the desired enlightenment you wish to convey is forever concealed amid the blinding elements soaring into astral convictions is fleeting satisfaction and everlasting solitary despair centauri's eyes actually twinkled but saunders was looking ugly like most mild men he was stubborn and began reply in his usual deliberate argumentative manner i regret i cannot agree with your views concerning this monstrosity of the heavens he informed the great centauri as i understand you your knowledge of the oblong radiance is as limited as mine yet you state positively after declaring it of elusive distance that it is a globe in the lunar state a world in decline this is most perplexing but perhaps after further investigations i will agree with you at present permit me to state the result of my very thorough calculations this peculiar stellar formation i believe to be a new world developing and have named it the planet Virgilius its revolution through space is similar to earth both planets present a lunar appearance to the other and each globe casts a semi-eclipse over the other hence the planet virgilius is invisible to astronomers of my country the fetid mists and so on enveloping only our portion of the globe is you will pardon me altogether visionary encircling earth is the nebulous radiance visibly enveloping the whole planetary system within this nebulous is temperature the chart of the elements divided into five zones centauri in her zones is subject to the same atmospheric influences that envelops our continent your inability to cross the polar circle is not due to contagious vapours the icy petrification intangible mystic calm of the unknown regions rouses a horrible freezing fear which causes fatal physical dread you perish centauri in frigid panic eternally retreats while wandering enterprising an enlightenment discovers but the Centaurians, with their extensive knowledge, vast researches, and keen perception, realize the existence of far unknown countries, populous, progressive. We, of our land, ha! How widely different! Perception is still in the nebulous state, and centuries will elapse before tender intellect is sufficiently sinewy to grapple with the astounding problem that our own little hemisphere does not embrace the universe saunders gravely bowed to the amazed and delighted old gentleman whose eyes now snapped with merriment we for certainly made a huge square joke but saunders was game and centauri smiled very kindly upon him later we shall have another discussion he told him now you are under a disadvantage possibly you will devote months years in extensive observation and limitless calculation it will be interesting to hear all the extravagant new ideas you will form concerning the um, planet virgilius that's what the centurions have been doing for ages are still doing and will continue to do forever form theories theories always never more baffled they study this spectral lunar disk enveloped in a halo of mystery that none can penetrate but i-i who have solved intricate problems of the known and delved daringly into the unknown will must pierce the denseness of those clouds whose form never vary which proved that these wonderful people with their vaunted centuries of superiority had still to conquer the masterful passion for fame and struggled even as centauri mused and murmured to himself in rapt reverie seemingly our presence completely forgotten yet suddenly he turned his deep eyes upon me his face beaming with a most engaging smile saunders and his planets were dismissed he nodded approval evidently pleased with my appearance you are young calmly he told me what science induced you to brave the northern perils i flushed hotly believing he ridiculed a strange vehemence seized me a phantom myth a creation of my brain what you will i cried eagerly i love adore the strength of my adoration will compel response i will possess and realize heaven i flung out my arms in a paroxysm of desire and centauri stared in amazement then spoke in severe chilling tones which quelled passion your task is difficult more difficult than those of your comrades to them success is assured you are doomed to failure the centaurians subdued emotion centuries ago savages beasts alone are controlled by impulse Self government is sublime. Civilization attains perfection when passion is obliterated. He rose and with a gesture signified the interview at an end. I was the last to salute, and in passing murmured I have hope. A false sentiment, he replied. Centauri is above and beyond you. My God, I gasped, yet quick as a flash replied, Centauri is a woman. His eyes burnt into mine you are courageous he whispered then abruptly yet without offence shut the door almost in my face outside alone upon a misty deck we stared blankly at each other then sheldon aired a grievance we've permitted ourselves to be mauled about by this that and the other to be taken here there anywhere willy-nilly we've almost lost our identity he grumbled it is well we managed some spank before the centauri who by the way is a shrewd old cuss and gained power through the exaggerated estimate of the people like many on our side but he's a harmless old chap on the decade look sharp about the girl Sally. he warned you of that himself she's a tartar and as homely as sin there's a great disappointment sure squelch the flame think of gain domineering selfishness is a powerful magnet notice how he mentioned the planet vergilius squigged saunders why for all his boasted knowledge he knows little more of the planet than i do and sputtered sheldon he claimed the great body of fresh water for the centaurians called it tegao or something good heavens boys murmured zax have more respect for our host he is centauri the great one "'Fiddle, a flank bouquet at you, Sax, retorted Sheldon. "'He'll have the government present you with an advanced propeller "'invented centuries ago by himself, "'all for towing us safely across the pole. "'Traveling in crystal won't be bad. "'I'll be in full possession of the fresh-water supply. Saunders will have his star fenced in, "'and Sally, well, hmm, "'Sally will have nothing to show, a dead romance.' sweet remembrance and a devout thankfulness he's well out of it say don't worry about me i cried and drop the subject all round the centaurians are great people their reception of us was superb and criticising them not quite up to hmm, par for instance i concluded pointing to the clouds enveloping us admire the hmm, scenery yes oh yes scenery mocked sheldon clouds above clouds to the left clouds in front of us volleyed and thundered heard that years ago at a club entertainment great thing club entertainments something from the dandy fifth recited by a badly frightened female who at regular intervals bowled hurry oh hurry fine thing the dandy fifth now i wonder why it's necessary to travel in these clouds saunders testily inquired sheldon was about to reply wittily when several hurrying forms loomed up through the mist we were conducted to the lower deck and into a gorgeous dining-room where refreshments of fruit heavy little cakes and mild wine were served including the information that centaur would be reached one hour after noon we were shown every courtesy and greatly entertained by the brilliant wit of these men but we learned nothing it is wonderful how much can be said with so little imparted but saunders finally losing patience testily inquired why we travelled so high in the clouds and expressed a wish to view the earth we sailed over at once orders were given for the lowering of the ship and amid bellowed commands and uneasy sounds of tightening straining cables and whirring fluttering sails the ship suddenly slanted sickeningly waveringly floated then gradually resumed the former swift even travel and we were invited on deck a gale was blowing whistling shrieking icily through the riggings we sailed over a vast ocean of mountainous waves whose spray dashed high forming a wall of vapour reaching the clouds the sensation was terrifying elevated in this dense moisture the roaring ocean beneath and oppressive leaden clouds above a terrifying insecurity, impressive of our insignificance. What are we, after all? Mere species of atom, forming this turbulent system of entirety. My friends, unusually silent, thoughtful, and shivering with nervousness, gloomily listened to the affably confident centaurians. The damned thing'll cut capers, and it's all over with us, muttered Sheldon. Even as he spoke, the ship, like a meteor, shot through a red-black funnel cloud, gathering and deepening in front of us, and swayed in a swimming darkness of thunderous detonation, whose sulfurous denseness suddenly dissolved before vivid streaks of blinding green eruption. The next instant the sun streamed upon us with furnace rays, and land was beneath, a gloriously beautiful country, seemingly smiling wide in welcome buoyantly we feasted our eyes upon the wondrous panorama as with lightning speed we flew over city after city gleaming wide glistening in the brilliant sunlight rivers lakes rippled and sparkled in wavy lines like gleaming streaks of ore snow capped peaks cut the pale distant azure and beyond stretched miles of prairie land our attention was directed to a vast plain and through powerful glasses we viewed the encampment of a mighty army soldiers in shining armor marched into the open filing rank upon rank into glittering divisions the camp of the potolilis we were informed a formidable tribe of savages at present warring upon the octagonas who though they outnumber yonder tribe three to one are routed continually by the insidious potter-lilies the speaker delivered an oration upon the ruinous policy of war while the ship veered easterly sailing swiftly from the martial scene over extensive forests rich valleys and in the heat of the midday sun slackened speed floating gently over the loveliest bay i ever saw whose deep blue glassy waters reflected elongated fantastic shadows of the great white city on the coast gleaming phantom-like through a shroud of heavy azure mist born before the mild breeze we fluttered to the heart of this fair city hovering an instant in the high intense heat then the ship slanted and circled downward beneath was the reality of a dream vision a fairy palace glinted in the sunlight with soft rainbow tints surrounded with gorgeous gardens sheltered from the wilting heat by giant palms and cooled refreshed by swift ribbon streams and slumberous pools upon whose surface floated strange heavy scented blossoms the vessel shifted far to the rear of the irradiating palace toward the outskirts of the wondrous gardens where a steel trestle reared high supporting a great oblong object which slowly parted wide the ship sank without a jar gently settling the sails folded close while the huge metal shell gradually closed together the flying ship centaur had reached port leisurely we strolled through the heavenly gardens lingering in admiration of the witching picturesqueness we were told that exquisite centaur was a divine city of centauri ahem and that we were the guests of alpha centauri who would receive us some time after sunset the exciting interval we understood was to be devoted to rest The gentleman graciously gave us further information concerning the greatness and exclusiveness of our hostess. We learned Alpha Centauri was sweet, merciful, divine, and the true ruler of this grand race. The venerable Centauri existed in his laboratory. He was revered as the father of the people, whose ancestors were the first and only rulers of the earth. Not as king or chief, the gentleman hastened to explain but just one mighty man at the head of the nation whose wisdom simplicity in ruling brought plenty peace and happiness the knowledge of the great family is far-reaching a vast heirloom guarded treasured above all their possessions they are proteges of the sun and worshipped by all centauri the speaker clasped his hands piously we stared amazed though respect for the cleverness of old centauri bounded to the limit veiled prophet and pretty priestess muttered sheldon wonder how he does it Saxe murmured humbug i whispered from a cool shaded grove of tall slender trees with silvery leaves we unexpectedly stepped into a narrow mossy path leading to a wide stately piazza with broad sloping velvety lawns surrounding a great fairy palace of three domes delicate spires and strange zigzag balconies flashing myriad tints in the glaring hot sunshine a bizarre structure out of proportion with queer protruding circular rooms and high broad windows facing every direction a palatial sun dwelling whose architectural incongruity was submerged in royal magnificence we entered the columned vestibule cool lofty lit with uncertain tints and almost saluted a marvelously sculptured form near the entrance a fatherly individual greeted us then immediately conducted us to our apartments silently we followed down the broad arched hall up wide flat stairways carpeted with silver-gray softness and were ushered to our quarters a suit of five rooms four sleeping apartments and a sitting-room reserved for criticisms which for thought, proved the superior perceptiveness of these advanced people following prevalent customs of our land we'd been separated as far apart as the poles and not till we'd escaped could we get together close enough to compare notes and whisper of the invariable peculiarities of surroundings ruby-tinted wine heavy hard to carry Luscious fruit and strange nuts were served to us with a delicately flavored cigar, which proved exceptionally inviting, creating the visionary and a decided distaste for conversation, then a sudden acute realization of fatigue and finally compelling slumber. Faintly I heard Sheldon mutter something about sleep-producing weed, but in numb indifference I soared beyond this sphere of sordid events, slumbering for hours. THE EVENING WAS WELL ADVANCED WHEN MY THREE FRIENDS AWAKENED ME, CROWING, YES, CROWING, BECAUSE THEIR SLEEP ENDED BEFORE MINE. AND ON THE EVE OF BEHOLDING THE DIVINITY, SHELDON CHIRPED, I SPRANG UP AS THE ROOM SUDDENLY FLARED WITH LIGHT AND SEVERAL ATTENDANTS ENTERED. TO MAKE US BEAUTIFUL, SHELDON REMARKED. WE WERE SHAVED, PERFUMED, AND ATTIRED IN GORGEOUS raiment." The customary suit of black, which I preferred, would have created a sensation, but we looked rather well. Sax was superb in purple, wearing Octragona's armlet of emeralds, and the strange ring of POTOLILI gleamed upon his hand. Sheldon imagined himself fascinating in claret shaded folds, and Saunders, in a grey toga, sniffed at us disdainfully. I strutted, satisfied, arrayed in white with a rich ornamental border of gold the finery polished up our tarnished gallantry yet each felt an inward quivering excitement which we vainly strove to conceal in personalities i tweeted them all for their conceit they were not a bad-looking trio retaliation was fierce sheldon being a ladies man threw out his chest and dark hints concerning the end of the week wherein a certain smarty would be wondering what he came over here for and he sheldon would be the bright shining light of the quartet end of section 12